The next and last stop is Atlantic Avenue Barclays Center. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Gets it into Durant. Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! With one second remaining. One second left. Durant hits a three. And the walking has one timeout. They call for the timeout. What an incredible shot by Kevin Durant. I'm sad. That's it. That's all wow, I got. That was, that was a lot. I that's That sums it up, man. I'm sad. I don't know what else to say. So the working title for this week's episode, um, in honor of Brooklyn Dodgers' lost pass, is called Wait Till Next Year. Uh, basically, Dodgers lost how many championships to they the won, Yankees? They lost five. They won five national pennants, so they made it to their finals, the baseball finals, Five times in a row against the Yankees, and they lost each time until finally winning in 1955. And uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack. Running theme was wait till oh. next year. We'll wait till next year. Don't worry. We'll a lot, wait till next year. A lot, a lot to unpack from the title and and the team. Let's go just straight into it. We got to rip off the bandaid. Uh, there's no this. You know, last time we recorded, we were up. 2-0. You were predicting a sweep. I Kyrie wasn't hurt. I predicted a Nets win in Game Seven. I was I was close. I knew they were gonna make it to seven games. I just uh, I got obviously uh, I got the wrong team. We were eliminated in seven games against the Bucks, and I don't think I have to say this for any Nets fan that I was uh, probably one of the worst Nets losses of all time. One of the worst sport losses for me of all time. Last time I think I was this fucked up was the 2001 World Series when uh, the Yankees lost on a little blooper. And uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know, it's just, it's, it was a fucked up feeling, man. I cried in that World Series too also, but I, I was, well, let me set the mood for you. I went out drinking with my friends, uh, our friends, and, you know, we were having a few drinks by the Barclay Center, expecting, you know, some good things to happen. I got into my feelings and... Yeah, man, it was, uh, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't have any words anymore, man, I just, I'm so empty now, I feel like, I, you know what, you know what hurts way worse to me? The loss in game three hurts way worse now. We had that game, so many, chan- we had so many chances in that fucking game. Bruce Brown, obviously can't convert a driving lip, not totally his fault, shouldn't be taking that shot, KD didn't take four of our last five shots. Of the gap, that game, and we lost that game by three points, 86 to 83. And that game hurt more knowing what would happen in game seven because that, that's where I felt the most pain. But yeah, I was, 
I was in a bad place for about a day after that loss. I know it's no, just a you game. Were, you were fucked up like for I was fucked up for a week. You were fucked up for a week. You just said you texted me saying you didn't want to talk about basketball. Yeah, it was miserable. But I, you know what? I think a lot of Net fans felt the same way. Looking on the Twitter, it was just like, I don't know if it was like finally thinking that we had our chance and this was it. If we were drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm not sure what it was, but it's just an odd feeling I've... I don't think, like, I, I felt before even, like, the closest, like I said, the closest thing to it was that 2001 World Series, but, um, was, I don't know, man. That was it, tough. I didn't, but, like, I saw, I was in my girlfriend's house, I went crazy when Katie ties it, of course, his, you know, <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I gotta mention it, Stop. his foot on the line. His fucking size 19, whatever it is, foot. Could, I, didn't have just, like, one inch smaller shoe. It was just, ugh. I just, you know, I celebrate ah. that, and when he goes to, when that last possession, when he shoots the air ball, like, I was almost expecting, like, a foul, I just, I don't like listening to the national announcers, so I'll put it on mute, and I'll watch the game on mute. Hate the national announcers. And, and I couldn't, I just didn't, I don't know, it just felt very odd, like, I felt like I was gonna see something else, like, there was gonna be a review of something, but nothing, nothing came, it was a very strange feeling, but everyone felt the same way. Empty. I thought that was very unique about this loss, that everyone had the same exact feeling of, like, getting hit by a truck or some shit. I, I don't know. We're gonna, I don't know how to describe it. We're going to break it down right now. This is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the reasons why we lost this game, and let's not try to be overreactionary about it, even though we're going to totally be overreactionary about it. Biggest thing, biggest bugaboo in the room is the injuries. Obviously, game one, we talked about it. James Harden comes up lame on his hamstring, leaves the game, doesn't come back until... Game uh, six. So you had you had him two games played like well two two in like one quarter game I guess not even a quarter you get out like a couple of seconds into the first game had him playing two games on basically one leg. So that that's that's where it starts. Then game three, I'm not gonna say this was a dirty play. I'm not gonna say this was it wasn't a dirty play. It was no I'm sorry not game three game I'm sorry game four I'm sorry I apologize. Uh, John's kind of stuck his foot out. Kyrie fell. I wouldn't say kind of stuck his foot out. He didn't move it out of the way. And that's, you know, like he's got to know Kyrie's coming down. And Kyrie turns his ankle, ends up having a high ankle sprain, and you don't see him for the rest of the series. So right away, I mean, you lose pretty much two of the three already. Just like like that, gone. Not, not even a thing. Kevin Durant's got to pretty much put the team on his back at this point. And for the most part, he did, man. In Game 7, he had 48 points. He had that crazy 49-point performance in Game 5 where he pretty much won the game for us. I think that needs to be expounded upon a lot more. One of the best games in NBA playoff history. I would say it, almost in New, at least in the last 20 years, the biggest basketball moment in New York City by far. For sure. Can you name anything else in the last 20 years? Some people say one of the biggest like NYC basketball moments ever, and I think that's a very strong um, that's a very strong you know case to be made. I think for kind that. of the Willis Reed thing coming out and playing hurt and hitting that shot is pretty cool too. I, it's as much as it Knicks, but that's got that's a big moment. Even though the performance wasn't there, that's still just iconic, you know. Just if they would have won the championship this year, you get a lot more. You get a lot more out of this. I feel like it was a little, you know, it's going to be swept under the rug. People will talk about this game. This game five from Katie, and it should be celebrated. Plays every minute, sixteen out of twenty-three, four from nine from three. Overall, forty-nine points. That freak literally just misses one free throw away from getting the fifty-point. Seventeen rebounds, ten assists, three steals, two blocks, 
just historical, but because you don't win the championship, it might be swept under the rug. And it's so sad that, you know, we might be talking about this as like, you know, a, a footnote. But we got to give KD, you know, his props, I think. We got to give also, this guy his flowers. I, I really, I mean, no, we got to give Harden props, too, I think. Honestly, he had a grade two strain in, in his hamstring. And you shouldn't be, you should, grade one, you shouldn't be playing. Grade two is pretty. That's sp- crazy. He, he, he topped it out for two games on one leg. And let's be real, like, people call him selfish for trying to get out there as opposed to, like, having a healthy guy. As far as just overall performance, guys, uh, performance-wise, I'd rather have Harden out there with one leg than any other guy on the roster. Sorry, Mike James. Sorry, Chioza. You know, really, because he shot one from ten in one in one of these games. He shot one for ten, and zero for eight from three. And maybe you know, maybe a bit missed. You know, from him turns into a mate shot from someone else. Very you know, possible. You know, who knows? Like Pretty- I, I don't know. Like that was in game five, so that really didn't matter anyway because Katie took over. But, no, like, I, I agree, I, I fall more on your side, but just playing devil's advocate with that. He didn't play game five. He played, you're talking about in game six, I think. Oh, let me, let me check. I gotta check my note. Like, it is, I have under the, the game five. No, he, but he, honestly, he just didn't have it. He didn't have it. He didn't have any bursts. Like, he pulled up at half court on an easy fast break where there was an easy two points. Hey, we were watching that thing that we saw. Look at this guy. Can't even fucking can't run even down push, the court. Can't push the ball up court. He had to save it from when it counts because if he pushes it, he's not going to get it that later in the game. And he, the reason why, he, like people are like, why did he play all those minutes? Because if he didn't, he would cramp up again. And he had to pretty much, you see him on the sidelines. We just he just trusted him. You, know, you just trust the guy. You got to trust the guy. You got to trust the guy. He wanted it. I respect it. I give him props, man. Um, and, and also, like, listen... You know, let's just, another thing we got to really just get out of the way right now is Joe Harris and just what happened. Well, like, I guess we can, we're going to jump back to the, the reasons why we we fell short in this series. I think injuries, that was pretty much summed up. James Harden playing literally on one leg. Ballsy, by the way, on the mm-hmm. last part with James Harden. Very ballsy that they called it, uh, you know, they, they hit it. They, they kind of hid the, you know, his injury. They yeah. didn't call it a strain. I thought that was very smart gamesmanship. But Jesus Christ, could you imagine if they would have announced that he had that and, then, yeah. and he played? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Media would have went crazy. Like, the Nets are usually a team that doesn't take chances, but this was a James chance. They Harden, took... Could you imagine putting his career on the line for that? That's how badly he wanted it. He wanted it. The Nets probably said no a lot of times, and that's probably what you saw the first couple of games he was they out. Need, yeah, but you know what? At that time, I think we were both saying the same thing, that we needed him. Just as be a floor, floor leader, floor general, someone just... Just but, his presence. Just Even if presence. he went one from ten, still. I know. Whatever. I, you know, but the thing, let's get back... The, I don't know what happened to Joe Harris, and this is pretty much where losing Kyrie really hurts us. Because on, on off nights, like, people don't have it. Kyrie's usually, or someone else is going to be the guy to step up. Kyrie is that extra presence that gives Joe Harris that little bit extra space and a little bit of extra breathing room, in my opinion. Well, he becomes the fourth, you know, he's the fourth scorer who now we have James out. Or hurt to the point that, you know, the Bucks can kind of ease up on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kyrie out. He automatically became the second scorer. Mm-hmm. Joe is not the second scorer on this team. He can't be. He's not a second scorer on a championship-level team. He's a great piece, but we I think we all can agree with that, right? That he's not the second scorer on a championship team. Everything you said was right. However, Joe hits his open shots, no matter what. He couldn't hit an open three-point shot to save his life. He... 
I mean, we talked so much about him. We talked him up. We hyped him up all year. And I still will. I still love Joe. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not going to ever turn my back on Joe. Like, people are freaking, yo, I've, I've seen people on Instagram fucking killing this guy. I mean, like, literally, like, they're fucking sending nasty shit to him. I'm like, you, the guy's a fucking athlete. You don't just curse him out and, like, kill, like wish his family dead. Like, I saw shit like that. And I'm not saying any of that stuff. That's, like, crazy. But... Man, like, you couldn't... He really picked a very bad time to go cold. And literally the worst possible time to go cold. And he did. It's not just him, though. I mean, the Nets as a whole, like, they barely got any bench production. The whole series. Well, you know, you could say one part of that is the bench being shortened. That Nash was pretty much sticking to his starters. But I think one thing you have to look at. One, last year... Well, I don't want to say last year. I guess, like, Toronto... Because, you know, he was dealing with the loss in his family. But against the against Philadelphia, he didn't play the hottest, right? We know that. He had a little struggling that series. He had some problems that series. He won a couple games where he didn't hit a three. But what hurt the most is this guy played so well last round, right? He played so well last round. I bet if you look, I have his stats up in front of, in front of me. What did Joe Harris hit from three in, against Boston? Take a guess his his three point percentage. Take a guess. I'm gonna say it was over fifty percent. You if uh you'd be absolutely correct. He shot fifty one percent, fifty two percent from three. What happened? You know I think it's the increased defense. He goes from being the fourth option to the second option, and you know I've said this before. Joe Harris has a little yips in him. I was just he has about a little, to say that. Is a little shakiness in him. Even at we the end the of the game. Inbounding. In the end, yeah, exactly. In the beginning the of the regular season. Yeah, We've I was just it. about to say that, man. You read my mind. It's crazy. Like, uh, you just don't. Yeah, you're like you don't. I can't describe it anything else than the yips. I mean, that's literally it. I mean, it just seems like he just when it matters most, he kind of freezes up, and I don't know if it's. And mental. it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened enough that you have to look at the guy and do an evaluation of. If this is going to be a championship-level team, this guy means so much to the culture. Are you going to really get rid of him? I don't know if you get rid of him, but do you put him on the court at those, in those moments? That's the thing. Is he going to be, good, is he going to be a Kyle point. Korver? Or is he going to be a Steve Kerr? You know what I mean? This is pretty much where you're going to put it. You know, and there's a big, you know, a big, probably the biggest un, unheralded rumor that, you know, J.J. Redick wants to come to the Nets. Eh. You know, like, do you, if you get J.J. Redick, do you get rid of Joe? The cat, there's a cap hit with this. There's so many, like, things that we could go by that it's, it's just, it's too much to unpack, unpack right now. But I'll, there's a big conversation the Nets are going to have that Sean Marks needs to, you know, think about. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the Nets do. Do you stick with your guy or do you trade him? It's, you know, do you make the emotional decision? Is it not an emotional decision? What's... What are the cold hard facts? Here? I think in the last four years that the, or five years that Sean Marks has been with the Nets, I think there's only been one emotional decision made, and Which that's is what playing play, playing hard in, in in these games. I think honestly, that's probably like you, that's a you can make an argument. For I, that. I don't know of any other emotional decisions other than like that benefits the players. You know what I mean? Like uh, buying someone out. You know, stuff like that. Like giving, you know, giving people like their guys like. Um, you know, roles like Jared Dudley, that stuff. You know, signing and trading D'Lo. That's, that's another thing they do, like, 
for their players. Like, everything the Nets do is for their players. This was, like, the one selfish thing. I think, in my opinion, the Harden thing is the one selfish thing they did in all of, like, is Sean it Mark the Tenet. player or is it the coach or is it the GM? I, think I don't know. I, don't I think know it's collaborative, you. personally. I, I agree with you with that. You know, maybe it is a emotional decision. Maybe the Nets felt like we needed to have this guy on the court, and I think they made the right decision by playing him. Even though if I would have known he was that hurt, I probably would have been like, you know, I don't want this guy's hamstring to break, and then next year we're fucked. And that was my other hesitancy with Kyrie. I'm like, don't force this guy back. I, I, I thought he would. I honestly, indeed, now I thought he would play Game Seven. I'm shocked. I'm not he shocked. Must have been, he must have been really hurt. Dude, he had a we high ankle. Know. He had a high ankle sprain. It's like a grade still, two sprain or something. Still, like, dude, that's I don't know. Pete, I, I as someone with experience with ankle sprains. Me too. You too. I, don't, I, don't, I fell off a tree. I fell off a tree and sprained my ankle, and I've sprained ankles for my entire life. I couldn't believe that he couldn't play, but you know what? It's a lot high intensity basketball. Yeah. Basketball. I don't know what that's about on my ankles. So I had like a, a minor tough. sprain once, and I went to go play baseball on it, and it, I pitched. I remember this. I pitched, and it was like fucking miserable all game. Well, that's because you're a little bitch, but you know. Well, I still pitched. Still did it's it. It's tough. You know, respect to you and for your baseball, and respect to Kyrie, because I know the guy wanted to play. I know and he wanted to play. Of course he did. Supposedly, he would have been cleared for the next round. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. You know, who knows, right? Just like Dinwiddie would have been fucking clear for basketball. Although I think that was more of like a press move. For sure. All right. I don't think he would have played. I don't think the Nets would have played. I mean, he would have definitely been on the bench with them. He definitely probably would have practiced with the, the stay ready unit. But I don't, I honestly, unless it was like a dire situation, I don't think they would have really put him into play in any meaningful minutes. If Harden is out and Kyrie is out, would you put Dinwiddie in? I would say yes, I would for five minutes. You can't like you know how Mike James kind of came in for a microwave. couple of minutes. Be a microwave scored. Hopefully, even that like he knows the offense enough. He knows the team enough. He's been around the team. It's not like it's a total new free agent. Well, Dinwiddie's a driving kick guy. He played in the Kenny Atkinson style of system, which is basically well, he driving with Steve kick. Nash. He was in the he was with training camp with them. He I knows know. the team, Charlie. Come yeah, on. a lot's changed since then, though, especially in the offense. He, he, he watches the games. He, he practiced a lot with DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan didn't play one minute in the playoffs. So. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. So going into now that we've talked about all this stuff, what do you do with these free agents? I think the three big free agents that we could talk about for the Nets, are, you know, Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, and you know Bruce Brown. Like one thing that I really think killed us in the series against against the Bucks that Blake or Jeff Green might have helped us, could have helped us with, might have helped us with. Bruce Brown might have helped us with was the offensive rebound. We got killed on this offensive rebounding. Yeah, it was to a point where it was like 22 to 15 percentile of offensive rebounding in the Bucks' favor. So every long rebound that they got, I just wanted to scream. I know. Like, it just, it hurts. And, you know, the injuries thing, LaMarcus Aldridge... Would have been fucking humongous. What bothers me oh is that God. the Nets take a lot of three-pointers. We know it this. It's, so when you take a lot of three-pointers, there's got to be a lot of long rebounds. It's hard to know where the ball is going to carry him off the backboard. It's hard to know where it's going to carry him off the rim. I, I understand that. I get that. I'm part of that. But, man, they just look like... I, I don't know. It just seems like out-hustled at points. It's not even more positioning at that point. I just feel like they just don't... They didn't chase any... Lose like not loose balls. I like think they did. The I just I think they got very unlucky. I think not having a big like Lamarcus Aldridge like that role 
that he was supposed to fill, I think, really killed them. Man, that was one of the main man, factors. For if we me. had Lamarcus, man, we would have. I, I don't know. Think about how just another freaking scoring option. Just even if the defense wasn't gonna be there, another scoring option that could just hit an open jump shot and be a mid-range shooter or. Be a post score, just a, a different look. Do something, man. Yeah, I know. Like, it I feel hurts. like we got no offensive production sick. from Claxon. We got nothing from Claxon, pretty much. But well, I, he I played I, one second in Game Seven. Yeah. Oof. Why? I just guess they didn't like the matchup. But I don't know. I don't know. He also looked kind of lost and out of place because rightfully so. It's his really first taste of playoff experience. But still, talking about all this now. Uh, we know with Blake Griffin that he's going to be making $29.8 million from his buyout. He cannot make any more money. If the Nets are going to offer him, for example, this is hypothetical, Nets can't do this with the cap, but if they offered him $10 million, right, he's not going to make $39.8 million. He's still going to make twenty nine point eight. He's going to get nineteen point eight from Detroit, and he's going to get $10 million from the Nets in this hypothetical situation. So really, Blake Griffin is going to be playing for where he wants to, you know, where he wants to go. If it's going to be a contender, obviously he wants to go to a contender. I think that really helps us out a lot. I think he likes New York City, and I think the Nets should be on the top of his list. I think so, too. I mean, he, he definitely played a great role for us this whole year. Uh, the Nets were very careful with him with back-to-backs, and it's good because now he, he looked like he was pretty refreshed and ready to play in the playoffs. You know he, he was big for them. He was definitely big. He's he had big moments for us. He definitely came through some days, but in the end, like it was K- KD's games to lose and win, and that was it. You gave the ball to KD, and either good things happen, which mostly they did. You can't blame him for the last game there because you know he didn't really do much. He uh, last game seven, he only had uh, what was it like. 17 points, which is good and everything like that. He had 12 attempts. He had a nice game, helped us out, had a nice couple of putbacks. But he's not the main, you know, he's not one of the main yeah. role guys. He's, no, I know. He was he was our, like, pretty much stretch five, right? Because Jeff Green was hurt for a lot. Yeah, Jeff you know, Green. Talk about injuries, man. Yeah, Shit. Jeff Green was another one that just got hurt. But, you know, he's going to be the one that's, like, I don't think we're going to get he's back. The, he's the odd man out. He's been on uh, Vets Minimum Deals. Um he might get a nice contract this year because he shot 41% from three. And if he was baptizing guys, you know, dunking <laughs> on them all year long. So it's like this guy obviously still has a little hop in his step. His value to the Nets might be more than, you know, another team. Like, how far can the Nets go to keep him? They can give him, they don't have his bird rights, meaning we can't go over the cap to sign him. We're going to have to give him, you know, like an exception you know, would he take the mid-level exception of five point seven million? I don't know. We gotta, we gotta see. Does he want to come back to the Nets? He's Hope friends so. with KD. Hope he so. might I, I'd love back. to have him back, man. He was a huge piece for our team this year. He shot really well. He, he fit everything we needed for him on offense and defense. Big. He was big on defense in late game stretches. Hit some big shots for us in late game situations during the regular season, and. I don't know, man. He just seems like he had a good attitude all the time. He was always happy. He was always jubilant on the bench and all that stuff. Question. Was he the biggest pickup of the offseason last year? I'd argue Bruce Brown, honestly. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I think I'd give it a green. It's tough. It's But they're it's definitely up there. It's, it's Right? It's got to be. It's tough. I don't very, know. Very, very tough. I, I, honestly, I think... Um, 
I honestly, I give it to Jeff Green, but Brown is kind of a close second, and that's another guy who was a free agent. Like, what are we gonna do with Bruce Brown? Well, he's a restricted free agent with a 4.7 qualifying offer from the Nets, meaning he could take that 4.7 million, or if another team offers him more money, the Nets have a chance to match it. We don't know how he's gonna be valued, you know, and and by other teams. The Nets use them as a small ball five, basically, right? Mm -hmm. How many teams are going to be ballsy enough to do that? We're ballsy enough to do it because we have the big three, mm -hmm. right? So how does what do you think about that? How's that going to work out? I, I just don't like those shots late in games, honestly, like those little floaters. But he, um, no, he, he's been a he pretty... Hits, he hits like he a 50% 50 50 He's, mark, he's been man. a pretty steady force for us all year. He's even like kind of expanded his game a little bit. He's taken more three-pointers, and he, he had a, I mean... Listen, he had some bad games for us, like that game three where he took that last shot. I mean, that that was backbreaking. That hurt. But um, his defense was solid. He had that game against Sacramento where he just went off. Again, he was a steady force for us. Where when we needed some production from the five slot and and on offense, he was there. He was able to be a guy that would just open up the middle for us, and you get him a good look, and he'd take it and he'd hit it for the most part. So. I think a matter of priority, it's got to be getting Jeff back, then Bruce, then Blake. Uh, Blake is a nice piece for us, but we had Jeff and Bruce all year, and they were they were a consistent force in our lineup. Man, I don't know. I don't even know how to rank them, man. We need Bruce's defense for sure. We need all their defense. All their defense. They were all pretty solid on defense this year. Yeah, Blake got picked on on defense. We saw him getting picked on in the playoffs. In the Celtics series, but he yeah. actually held his own against Giannis, man. I thought he did a... Out of all the it's guys tough. in the Nets, I thought it's he tough. did a really good job on Giannis. Tough, man. It's very... I don't know, like, all the analytical numbers and stuff, but it's just definitely a tough, 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 tough stuff what we're going to do here. Brown, we can go over the cap to sign, like I said before, Blake and Jeff. Uh, we can't, but... We have the exception, but Blake is not going to be able to make any more money. So, I don't know. If you can make a prediction now, what's going to be your, your prediction for all these guys for the three? Out of those three? One, yeah, go one by one. I think we keep Bruce and Blake, and I don't think Jeff stays. Mm. I think we're going to keep all three. I think Jeff Green gets the exception. I think Brown gets, uh, gets signed with the deal that's over the cap mm -hmm. using his bird rights, and I think Blake... I think Blake is going to be able to stay with us because of uh, that buyout situation. I actually, I'm going to retract that. I actually, now I'm thinking about no it. Retraction. Now that I listen to your little little spiel you just gave me there, I think we keep Jeff and Blake. I think Bruce goes. Mm. I think Bruce might be the most expendable. Now, I don't want to say expendable because he's super important. I know what you're trying to say. But I, I think yeah. out of like the importance of the other two guys and like what they kind of give to our offense, and I, and I know Bruce is important, I think Jeff and Blake offer us more as far as like just expanding the, to the to the arc. I think Bruce like he gets a lot of nice looks on the three and he'll hit him most of the time. But I, can you expect that going forward? Him being that consistent? Uh, the playoffs he didn't shoot that hot from three, so you know like it, it's 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 tough. I mean he man. only had like it's one tough. or two looks a game though. So it's tough man. How it's are you tough. gonna go on that kind of stretch? I, his value is in that pick and roll, you True. know, and that rebounding and that defense. So it's not, he's not a numbers guy. So like I don't even know how to value him. You know, know could you get somebody uh, like a vets guy? You know what I mean? I don't want to go with free agents right now, but can you get a vet who can give you similar production, 
similar defense, similar rebounding. Can you find that? From a vet's minimum? Yeah. Can you get, like, a guy who wants to win a championship? Or you or you could just pull a Sean Marks diamond into the rough and just grab someone from Europe like we did last year. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what to do with that as far as uh, as far as his production and money-wise, what that's going to equal. But I would like all three to come back, and my prediction is that all three will come back because we need that chemistry. I think maybe Jeff and Bruce can... I think maybe, if anything, maybe Bruce will just take his qualifying offer and Jeff will accept the mid-level and Blake will sign on a vet's minimum. Then we have room to... I think we have room to sign someone else, and that's even after extending the big three. Mm. We have we have like another. I don't know how much cap space we, we have. We have no cap. We're already done with cap space. We have to go if we're gonna get anybody. We're gonna have to use our assets to to kind of help us out on that. But priority should be extending the big three, which is probably the most important thing. That that's the last thing we're gonna you'd want to do though, just because the way of the how the cap yep. works, it's uh we got to use what. Like I said, there is no space. But if they were to make some space, and there are little ways you can make a little space, you know, you'd want to do that first. My point also, you know, Kyrie and KD kind of took a little bit of a pay cut to give DeAndre Jordan here. So maybe they'll do the same to kind of alleviate Sean Marks with a little bit of uh, tightness in the cap space there. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, 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 dude, There's what nothing they can do. It's already, it's already way over the cap. Pete, what what would you do if they just said, fuck it, we don't want to play here anymore and just say, oh, we're not signing? If KD did leave OKC. He did leave Golden State. It's not. It's not unheard of. Kyrie did leave Boston. LeBron. James, well, LeBron did leave Miami. It's not. Unheard James Harden of. did force his way out of Houston. Well, he didn't win a championship with Houston. I think that's a little. You know, that's Blake, the difference. But, but you know, we're just gonna we're gonna speculate. I I do think they stay here. God, I hope so because I don't know if if I can handle that loss and then uh, go to the season. Knicks with, fans would kill us. with Joe Harris being our main scorer. Imagine that. Oh boy. They 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 find some ways, and that's would not go. You know. Would not go silent in in that way. That's kind of like the no, worst case scenario, but uh, the Nets have limited assets right now. Besides, I think the main uh, weapon, quote unquote, will be the big three. Mm-hmm. They're gonna say, "Come on, vet, you know, grizzled vet, come over to the the dark side, come join Brooklyn, try to win a championship." We see it every year. I think that's gonna be their main weapon, but they do have the twenty seventh pick, the forty fourth pick, forty ninth pick. And 59th, we know that they're not going to keep all those picks. Someone's, they're going to be traded. They're going to be used for, I don't know, like stashing. I don't know. Getting rid of contracts. Maybe. And they have Spencer, who could be used in a sign-and-trade. But that's going to be tough, too, because in a sign-and-trade in that situation, you're going to have to be taking on a contract, right? So the tax hit is going to go up by a lot. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe if they took on like $12 it would turn into like to a fifty million dollar like tax hit, so there's a there's a I don't know what all those numbers. I'm not a tax guy. I'm not a math guy, but there's a lot to digest there. But what I want to talk about is DJ. Friends of KD and Kyrie, we saw in a, a recent book that came out, "Can't Knock the Hustle," that they wanted to come together, DJ, Kyrie, and KD, but two years, twenty million dollars left, ten million a year, that's valuable cap space. In a team <laughs> that needs help, and a guy and that is a championship, you know, don't remind so close. Me. And a so guy that didn't even, guy didn't even play a playoff minute. What do you do there? I don't know, man. They're Try weak to... up front, but he's making too much money. Yeah, this is this is 
what we kind of expected when we got this deal, when we got this package deal, right? So I trust Sean Marks to figure this out. Honestly, Pete, if it wasn't for injuries, there's no reason why we should have won this fucking whole goddamn championship. If it wasn't for injuries, honestly, like, like every yeah, every team gets injured. Yeah, but every we've team seen, we've seen so stars and other teams get hurt too. Chris recently. Paul, Giannis, he, he had my Trey Young got hurt. Trey Young got hurt. Almost every team has like a major injury. AD, Jalen Brown, crazy man. It's it's it, it's crazy. I don't know. So I need you need so what does that tell you? You need that. Can you afford to have someone at the end of the bench making ten million? Ten million is a good role player, Charlie. Very good role we player. We can give that money to Jeff Green. I know. So what do you do? So what? So what the fuck is up? Do we get? Do we use these draft picks that we have now to get rid of him? Do Kyrie and KD want him around? Like, what do you do if you're KD and Kyrie? He's your friend, but he's not producing. Claxton is going to be extension eligible next year. If the Nets don't want to keep him or Claxton gets hurt, you're going to need a big man. So what do you do? I don't know. We're in the dilemma. This is going to be this is going to be a, a big off season for us, man. Going into next, I know like we've had a lot of big off seasons, but this is going to be a lot of maneuvering going on this year, and it's it's gonna everything's going to be centered around these three guys, and that's pretty much what it's going to be. You know, it's uh, contingent on this guy staying healthy, and this year has shown us that. Boy, we might have a long road ahead of us with that because these guys seem to be injury prone, and it's not looking great. Yeah, but you know, I don't think that's fair to say that about about Harden. No, I know, but this year he maybe shed a few pounds. I'm not one to talk because I need to do that too. But I think okay, we talk about the weight issue with this, right? If he lost a little weight, if he lost a little weight, does he have the hamstring issue? Don't I don't know. know. I'm I'm not in his body. I'm not a performance expert. I just. I'm just a basketball uh, complainer. <laughs> I guess I like the basketball complainer. Uh, anyway, you want to wrap it up, Pete? All right, let's get to our wrap up. We have uh, the Olympics coming up, which I can't personally. I can't believe they're doing the Olympics this year. We saw in a big, I guess, somewhat surprise. We saw that Katie and James Harden were going to play for Team USA. And TLC are playing is playing for France. Don't forget our boy. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was actually supposed to play for, I think, Team Nigeria. He has dropped out. In addition, we had a, another change. We had another change about uh, about Team USA. Harden decided to um, step out of his, um, I guess, role in committing. I don't know why he would commit. Uh, the first place, KD committed. So maybe that's why Harden wanted to play. But thank God James Harden's not playing. And I am not happy KD's playing. I really don't. I mean, I'm happy he's enjoying himself, going to the... Tokyo and having a good time playing basketball at the same time. It could be good for recruiting, so I'm not going to, you know, shit on that. The but Kevin Love rumor, of course. Oh, God. I don't want Kevin Love, but he could help, in the, especially as a big guy who could shoot. He has a big contract, two years left, mega millions left. I don't know if that, I don't think that works out. But I don't think there's any, anyone he could really recruit because of how these contracts are set up mm-hmm. right now. And then that's cap situation. But I'm just afraid this guy gets hurt, man. I'm so scared yeah, of I don't, that. Me too. Uh, everyone saw what happened to Darren Williams' career after he played in the Olympics and sprained his ankles. You know, it would, it would be typical Nets, you know, I do luck like, that this happens, that I he just, gets hurt. I, I don't want to talk about it. I, I just know. Bro, I have I a bad feeling about, about it. it. I, I don't want to talk about it either. But honestly, something like we all can get on board with is another Jersey leak because every episode we have a new Jersey leak apparently for you. So the alternates for next year leaked uh, – 
They're red, white, and blue. They're the stars. Oh, well, we talked about it. It has the, the, the retro New Jersey Nets, as what the classic jersey had this year. It's a dark blue, red on the sides, and little whites, three white little stars on the side. I hate these jerseys. What do you think, my friend? They're okay. I don't mind them. I like the Nets on them. They, they just remind me of basically, you know, the New Jersey kind of colors with the dark blue in it. Uh, with like the red, white, and blue uniforms from the ABA days. And um, and they have like the early 90s Nets logo it's on it. It's very weird. It's very like a blend of every Nets jersey to ABA. From that era, yeah. And nothing to do with Brooklyn in there, really. It even says Jersey on it. I was just about to say, how do you feel about that? It says New Jersey written on the front of the jersey on the left side. I have no problem going back to their roots. I'd rather see the gray and silver one Why and, and say New this? Jersey and then have it like, if you're going to go full New Jersey, put the whole thing on the front of the chest. Don't don't just like try to hide it. You that would have been so cool if they would have had those brought. Why can't we get the Dr. J jerseys, Charlie? We have we three might. great players. Didn't they wear Why those, they but didn't, they, didn't they wear those in the playoffs and get smoked? Uh, okay, this is what happened. They did it against the Spurs. Uh, it was a celebration of the ABA NBA. Mm-hmm. The, you know, uh, the, I think it was one of the first times the ABA teams played in the NBA Finals, whatever. So they had the Spurs, and that's where throwback jerseys. And like that was really cool. I love those Dr. J jerseys. I don't care if they got smoked. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. Those jerseys look so cool. Why are they not using them? Buy it, sell them. I'll buy it. I want to throw my money at them. <laughs> the Nets have Shit. a great. The Nets have such a good template for jerseys, and I feel like they always. They know that they want that people want this they, jersey. They always come just on. come up short. I always I like most of their jerseys, but I feel like it, trash it, bag jersey from last year. Cough cough. I like that they were wearing them a lot in the playoffs. I feel like the court and everything looked cool with it. Um, I, I still don't like the jerseys too much, but I like that whole like that's what the scheme they were going with. At least they stuck with the theme. I hated that Game 5, Katie wore the Basquiat jersey and had that moment in the Basquiat jersey. I hate that. Because from now on, whenever people look back at that, you know, at that moment, it's going to be that jersey. I feel like it should have been the, you know, the regular black jersey. I, I, I don't like alternate jerseys in the playoffs. I like retro jerseys in the playoffs, but not alternates. They didn't wear their... Personal decision. They didn't wear the classic jerseys once. That's I would that would have been cool, right? If imagine he did that game five in that classic jersey, oh! There would have been a lot of coordination with these courts. They probably that would have been fire. Well, you know what they do? It's not that much. No, it's tri- like tiles. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not. You know, God bless the guys who actually set up the court. I don't want to say it's not a hard job, but like it could be done. I think they, if they really wanted to. They probably went with what sold the most, and they probably stuck with that. In that, my opinion. So Maybe. that's probably why they. Went I with think that. the players pick it, but. Besides that, man, any, any uh, last last notes on uh, on I guess the season? Uh, I, I just prefer not to answer that question right now. I just uh, you've recovered because we could we could record this a, a, I, a lot earlier, but we're just yeah we're recovering. We're chicken shit Nets fans. We're not doing reactionary posts, but I, honestly, I, guys, I'm sorry. I just didn't have it in me. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I haven't posted. I had to get off the Twitter for a little bit because I was. I was hurt. I was butthurt. Man. I was emotional. We were in our sports fan feelings, I guess you can call it. Sports sucks, man. They're like sports. I realize sports is like drugs. You get fucking drawn in. You get all high and shit, all hyped on this no. shit. And then when it lets you down, the fucking withdrawal of watching my nuts, you know, get fucking killed in that game seven. 
We had that, 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 will, that, will, that series will always haunt me. That series, the series will always be a what if. This I said this early in the middle of the series. That this has vibes of like Chicago mm-hmm. Nets, you know, CJ Watson, Nate Robinson, which also they Nets lost in Game Seven. Yep. Thanks for reminding me. Yep. I didn't have as much hope as I then as I did now because like we well, had, you had you said sweep. <laughs> You said sweet. No, I'm saying I, I didn't have any hope against the Bulls in that I, series. I mean, and I do. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then I did not. I had so much hope with this season. I really thought we were not going to run through the playoffs, but I really thought we just had that extra oomph to get us over. And then those fucking injuries happened, man. And it's just like all the air just came out of the tire, and we were running on three flat, on two flat tires. And that's, and then actually three if you count Joe Harris. We had four tires on the car KD, Kyrie, James, and Joe. We had three flat tires and one good tire and try to drive on. And you know what? This is the biggest takeaway for me, P. I'll say it right now. You know what? As In a positive light, we basically had Kevin Durant and we took the Bucks to seven games. A, a, pretty much a fully healthy Bucks team, except for Dante DiVincenzo, was very important for them. We pretty much took a fully healthy Bucks team to game seven overtime. To beat us, and they had every chance to win other games, and they couldn't do it. Like we, they could, shot. they could, they, they could, they should have won that game seven. They should have won. I'll never no, be able to get over. They should have won game seven, yes, but game three, the Nets should have won. They had every opportunity to pull game three away, and they did do that as well. And that's that's why we lost, in my opinion. I don't know, man. We could go over this for fucking hours and hours. I want to thank everybody who followed us. We're gonna be continuing to put out podcasts and shit, talking about free agency, talking about the draft. In a little bit, uh, man, this is just, it's just a very numb, very odd feeling way to end the season. I hope, uh, hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys have a good night. Have a good commute. Enjoy this little heat wave we got going on. And you know what? We're going to get them next year. Yeah, let's just wait till next year. Dumb bombs. Right, everybody. Follow us on the Twitters, of course. At the Only Nets Fans Pod. Follow us on the Instagram at the Only Nets Fans You Know. And I'm going to end this commercial.